You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Pirates Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, June 22nd. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball, or launching today. As you guys are listening to this, Just Baseball officially launched Bunch of my articles up there. Top 10 plays of Fernando Tatis Jr.'s career. My fan, my outlook on Juan Franco as a fantasy prospect. All sorts of good stuff on there from everybody. Profile pieces, feature pieces. A lot of good stuff, guys, so be sure to check that out. And maybe if you're familiar with my uh, pop culture entertainment slam things at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Blade Disgusting, Film Credit, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my best to answer them and maybe even answer them here on the show. And today's show, guys, it is brought to you by Locked On MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Lockdown MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode, guys, another very good one. We are recapping, and also a good one with good news. We are recapping last night's victory that the Padres had over those pesky, no-good Los Angeles Dodgers. And then going to be continuing uh, with a, a good lad, uh, my crossover with Mr. Vince Sampiro of Locked On Dodgers, one of the co-hosts between him and Jeff Snyder. Going to be talking about a whole bunch of things, breaking down the team even more. So that'll be the majority of the podcast. So, uh, Let's just let's just get right into it, okay? So the Padres won last night by a score of six to two, and honestly, yeah, this was the one of the games that I think the Padres were projected to win, probably of the series. And don't get me wrong, starting for the Dodgers wasn't some schmuck. It was Julio Urias, and he is a pretty good pitcher this year. Uh, heading into tonight's game, his ERA was actually pretty low. He'd been having a pretty decent season, former top-level-ish prospect. He had a 3.54 ERA and a really good strikeout rate. And after tonight. Raised to 3.99. That's right. The Padres teed off of him, uh, lighting him up for six earned runs. He walked four, struck out five. Uh, it was a big night for the Padres' offense, really. Um, and But a lot of it comes off of the bat from two specific guys, Jake Cronenworth and May Machado. Cronenworth, I feel like I actually haven't talked a lot about recently, and that's because, for the most part, he's been very steady, don't get me wrong, all year. But his month of June hasn't been so great as compared to his first two months. In the month of June, he's batting 250 with a 314 on base, which isn't terrible. Don't get me wrong, not terrible, certainly not terrible. But uh, he's been doing a lot better as of late. Uh, especially with the home runs over the weekend against the uh, against the Reds, and then a huge one here coming at the end, towards the end of the game when the Padres are already up, but still a big two-run home run for Jay Cronenworth, and then Manny Machado, who I keep saying is finally finally heating up. He goes three for four in tonight's game, including a giant huge home run to start things off. First inning, 
absolutely crushes the ball from Julio Urias. And it's funny because Urias was getting killed like basically all night. Every single hit, even foul balls. Will Myers even made contact on one of them, and Will Myers has been struggling a lot, but he even makes really good contact on the ball. He was off today, and he's actually a pretty decent pitcher. So part of it is, yes, a great offense, and part of it is just Urias wasn't uh, on point tonight. But it didn't even matter. So say if Julio was even on more, right, maybe you take back one of those home runs. All right, let's say the May Machado home run isn't, it, it just doesn't happen. It's a fly ball. It's actually caught by left fielder, right? Well, you Darvish was excellent, and I mean excellent today in this game. He goes six innings, uh, giving up one earned run on two hits and a walk and striking out 11. His ERA on the season, 2.5. His whip, 0 0.92 guys the man just does not give up a lot of hits and speaking of not giving up a lot of hits over the course of the three starts that you Darvish had against the Dodgers this year three big games because these have been huge highly anticipated games everyone's talking about the Dodgers series he's got a total of 20 innings first two games he went seven innings tonight's game he went six innings only three earned runs allowed in those 20 innings that's big game stuff right there. And I know it's the regular season and what have you, but I love to see it, especially against his former team that kind of was the team that, and it wasn't the team's fault, don't get me wrong, but it's kind of the team that I imagine a lot of pain might be associated with. Don't get me wrong. Like, I imagine he enjoyed his tenure there to a degree, but a lot of the worst moments of his career come from his time with the Dodgers when he was getting absolutely torched by the Astros in the World Series, unable to come up big for them in that World Series run. And that's kind of what he's infamous for, the whole tipping pitches thing. And then on top of that, the whole thing about the Astros in 2017 and blah, blah, blah. We don't have to talk about that. But uh, I really, I'm just like... It's not something that I think we should use to judge how you Darvish will even necessarily perform for the rest of the season or in the playoffs, but I'm really just happy for the guy. I'm happy that so far he isn't, I guess, prolonging the narrative around him, I, I guess, with the Dodgers, if that makes sense, because then more people would bring this up. Uh, maybe they wouldn't, but whatever. You guys get what I'm alluding to, and I like that he, he did well. I'm just really happy for him, and I'm happy that the Padres' offense as of late has been quite um explosive and considering that they rank among the last in the league in certain areas i am very very happy to see this especially against the dodgers um i did see that my my arch nemesis one of the two my least favorite players in all of baseball uh first of all uh Madison bubgard who i've talked about extensively before and then joe kelly uh joe kelly makes it appear to this game uh giving up a walk to tatis striking out one throwing as hard as he usually does but thankfully there was a point when he almost hit tatis and I was, I was about to be like, no. Like, is he really about to do this this BS again? But, um, you know, nothing really happens there. And I don't think there's any reason to, at least as of right now, for anything to happen. And that's what it felt like. It felt like, don't get me wrong, the intensity was there, especially for Petco. I loved seeing absolutely how much everybody just lost it for the home run that Manny Machado had in the first inning. But uh, other than that, it didn't have that same, like, you know, viciousness that tenacity, I guess, of the original games uh, from the first two series of the year. And maybe that's just because it's been a while. It's been a month, basically, since the Padres and Dodgers played. So some things have transpired. You know, the team isn't as healthy. Max Muncy did not play in tonight's game, who's been like a borderline, you know, MVP candidate for them. I know that there's probably some guys ahead of him. But even still, he's been absolutely stupendous this year. And they still have bets. They still have Gavin Lux, who seems to be figuring out a little bit for them. Justin Turner, Will Smith, Chris Taylor. Don't get me wrong, but they're also missing Corey Seager and Cody Bellinger. So to a degree, it wasn't the same, I guess, like full power Dodgers team. But even still, I will take the W. And tomorrow, that's the thing. You know, if you guys saw my video when I became the Joker, 
a lot of that was on the fact that, yeah, the Padres' offense had been struggling. So maybe I did exaggerate on that part from the Padres' perspective, but I wasn't exaggerating on Hosmer and Myers. Believe that. That I still stand by. But for sure, what genuinely makes me become the Joker is Blake Snell, and he is pitching tomorrow's game against the Dodgers. It is Clayton Kershaw versus Blake Snell, in fact. And I imagine that we talked about this uh, on the pod with um, Vince uh, talking about Albert Pujols, how he's absolutely crushing lefties this year among one of the best batters in all of baseball against lefties. And Blake Snell is a lefty. And his ERA, guys, 5.7. So, uh, yeah, there's a chance that Joker Javi appears tonight or tomorrow whenever you end up hearing my voice or watching my videos. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but I'm less than optimistic. And then, and also then again, stranger things have happened. So hopefully Blake Snell has his first really good start in a while that I feel confident about. Otherwise, I mean, just a great game from the Padres and pretty straightforward, I think. Pretty straightforward game. Manny Machado, Jake Cronenworth, forever. And now, guys, before we talk to Vince, I need to talk to you guys about investing. And whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront, they make it easy for you. They have the right tools for every portfolio. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. And best of all, it is automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockdownMLB. That's Wealthfront, W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T.com slash Lockdown MLB to start growing your savings. And also, guys, are you stressed? Are you tired? You just don't feel like cooking? Well, food that's fast, it doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. They offer chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered directly to your door. And ordering is easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage-baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Those all sound pretty good, right? Freshly could fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and family size. Your meals are always delivered fresh, never frozen, and are ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. With new meals added each week, Freshly brings the convenience of chef-made nutritionist-designed classics right to your kitchen. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash locked on. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off your first two orders. And now, guys, let's talk to Vince. Woohoo! Let's go! Yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely. So uh, it's just, hey, the Dodgers just can't seem to miss uh, on a lot of these things. But one thing I wanted to talk to you about, I guess the last kind of questions before, hey, if you have questions for me, then by all means. I mean, this is a crossover after all. I've been talking a lot. But uh, the one of the things I want to ask you is actually two things. First of all, uh, look, I think we, sh- we just – Everyone wants to hear it. I know you guys have probably talked about it a lot, but Trevor Bauer, right? He's going to be, he's, he's been the headline guy. He's always in the news and all that stuff. We had the fun Tatis Bauer kind of matchup, I guess, last time, uh, last time, hopefully Tatis is healthy and ready to play in this series, which it sounds like he will be. And I bet he is banging on the door and going to be very upset if they don't allow him to play. But um, with Trevor Bauer and the whole sticky stuff situation, right? What is, is there any concern there in Dodgerland about the spin rate stuff? Because personally, as someone who doesn't particularly care for Trevor Bauer, but thinks he is good, I think he's going to be fine. But is there any kind of 
concern you've seen? Do you think that Trevor Bauer is going to go downwards or do you think he's actually been quietly a little bit underrated this year? There's slight concerns, uh, you know, just knowing that, knowing what, what he's done on his side, he did this on purpose to, in order for the league to recognize it. So you knew that he's using certain stuff that maybe was a little bit more than sunscreen and rosin, like a lot of these guys have been saying they use. So in that case, it, it's a little bit scary, but you know, we've also seen him dominate in, in 2018 with the spin rates that he had before. So there's good and bad, uh, you know, with him. And he also, he has been a little underrated. He's probably been the worst luck among the starters with in terms of you know, offensive production when he's throwing. So it's been a lot of things with him. And obviously, you know, just him in general is, uh, you know, some of his starts get exhausting sometimes, not just the fact that he's throwing 120 pitches, but the fact of the Twitter discourse. So mm-hmm. he's an interesting case so far, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't mind him. He's been fun. And uh, you know, I don't feel too concerned. I was concerned for a quick second there. Cause like they went through a whole rotation and everyone struggled after the, the sticky stuff kind of was first mm-hmm. brought up. Uh, but then this last time through, whether it was the D-backs or whether or not, they did a lot better. So I, it made me feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look, it's the most basic of stat, but 2.45 ERA. I yeah. said it before the season started that the Dodgers, this is a good move for them. Even if it does blow up, whatever, they don't need him to be worth $40 million. They just need him to be a good player. It's the Dodgers. Like, I don't know why people, they were so stuck on that fact of the money part. And it's like, is he overpaid? Sure. He probably is. He's that's annual salary. Yeah. He's overpaid, but does it matter if he's just going to be good or even great at times? No, they're just like, cool. We don't have to face him. And we just take up the best available pitcher on the um, free agency market. And it's just another guy in the case of say a Dustin May thing happening. Right. And even Kershaw at times has struggled. You know what I mean? So just having that extra depth, I thought that the people we're getting a little bit too um, overzealous and predicting that his ERA was going to be over like 4.8 this year or something crazy like that. Um, so, and then the last thing I want to ask you, I guess, before I just quickly run through the matchups or if you have any questions, um, is there any kind of like X factor guy? Do you think on the Dodgers that Padres fans should be aware of? I imagine we're always because of the rivalry, uh, even if it is a rather nascent one, uh, so keyed in on the Dodgers. I think both fan bases, whether they choose to admit it or not, are very much all the time paying attention to this team's developments. Uh, but are there any like under the radar players for the Dodgers you think that uh, people should know about? I mean, right now, I mean, like Chris Taylor's a name that will come up. And But mm-hmm. honestly, you know, he's been playing a little bit out of his mind this year compared to even recent years when he was really good. But he's a guy that, you know, it, it's you don't expect it all the time. And then he comes through. I mean, obviously, Padre fans probably remember him from last year when he threw out uh, what's his name, Grisham at home on that one yep. play. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a thing. He brings value at all the positions. He's playing a lot right now because you know, Seager's been hurt and he's been playing second base and outfield and whatever else. The case. So that that's always a guy because he's been probably their most consistent player throughout the whole year, whether it's just, you know, just the, you look at the numbers and it's most consistent. He's scored the most runs. He's up there, you know, top 10 in some categories in the national league. And if you're a Padre fan, you know, who Chris Taylor is, but you probably don't think about that. So that, that's kind of where the underrated or, you know, the less heralded part comes from. So I, I'd go with him and, the, you know, not to boot that he is kind of my brand on Twitter. So it, it, it also helps <laughs> on that end. <laughs> hey, you got to <laughs> always Always stay on brand, sir. Yeah, you got to push the brand, bro. You got to uh, push the brand, yeah. you know. I know I that, too. I have a few questions for you, too, though. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, man. So, I mean, like I said, we, I'm sure the Dodger fans have been paying attention to the Padres in terms of standings-wise, mm-hmm. but necessarily player-wise or anything else like that. You know, what has happened? 
with the Padres the last month. I know, you know, Eric mm-hmm. Hosmer and Will Myers have kind of struggled. I'm not sure if they've been hurt or not, but I know they've struggled the whole year. But, you know, mm-hmm. who's been kind of keeping them afloat and, and kind of the guys for us to look out for in this series? Um, so in terms of guys keeping them afloat, uh, it's just every pitcher, uh, except not <laughs> named Blake Snell, who if he has a bad start, man, I don't know what locked on now video I have to do. I don't care if it's the Dodgers. I'm not going to go full like, makeup. You got to go full makeup. I got to go full the smile. Full joker makeup. <laughs> I got to just lose it, I guess. But like and I'm not talking like uh, he goes six innings. Four. I'm talking like the Rockies thing where if he just I don't care if it's the Dodgers. If you have another disaster start, I'm going to lose my mind again. Um but yeah, I mean, it's the guys that have been keeping them up is every pitcher not named Blake Snell, including the bullpen, second lowest uh, bullpen ERA in the month of June in all of baseball. Uh, the Padres bullpen, it's been elite. Dodgers is up there too. Maybe like it's at least top 10 from what I understand uh, from what I looked at earlier, maybe number eight. Uh, don't don't check me on that. I, yeah. I know it's top 10 though. I just don't know which one, but that that's kept them afloat. Uh, a lot of good guys, despite say like Drew Pomeranz has, be, has been out, but guys have stepped up. Tim Hill, very good um, this year for the team. And even Craig Stammen, who Padres fans act like is the worst reliever in the history of baseball. He's having a better um, season too. Um, so that's, what's kept them up for sure. And then, it is, in terms of the offense, it's kind of the obvious guys, believe it or not, that have kept them afloat. Uh, Tatis has been unbelievable, and he's officially, not even officially, he officially, he reached the officially official uh, thing like a long time ago, but it's just nuts. Like every time he's at the plate, I look up from my work. I look up from whatever food I'm eating. I could be eating steak from Gordon Ramsay. I could be eating at the White House and I will look at my phone, TV or whatever whenever he's up at the plate. It's just that exciting. And he's been awesome. Uh, does strike out a little bit too much for my liking sometimes. But who cares if you're just eating the ball out of the ballpark every time? Right. And yeah. then the other thing has been Trent Grisham just came back in the lineup. He's great. Um, and then the other guy that his, I guess, most underrated is a little bit weird of a way to put it. But he has been uh, Tommy Pham, who's just been an on base machine this year uh so far basically after the disaster of the first month which he batted like under 200 only like a 308 on base percentage and that's not the worst start in the history of good players uh in baseball but i think part of what what compounded it was also a lot of bases runners on base situations early on the year that he could just not come up with a hit right grounding into double plays so that was on top of it he also wasn't clutch right and now I mean, he's the one that hit the bottom Mookie on that one. And that, that was more yeah. bad luck than anything else. That was that he got babbipped, I guess you yeah. could say there. What was the percentage on that play? Like an, an expected at batting average of 900. Yeah. Um, and that's just Mookie doing Mookie things, I guess, which should be um, at. It was an unbelievable play. Like, I really think it was only one game. I think it was the game Padres won 6-1. That was like not an exciting game just because yeah. it was like it was 6-1. or Every single, even the first game went, went to like 13 <laughs> innings or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Tommy Pham has just been uh, phenomenal. He's one of the best uh, plate discipline guys in the league, along with your good boy, uh, Max Muncy, actually, who's been a borderline MVP this year, if not for the Otanis and the, or well, that's the American league, but uh, you know, you get what I'm saying. And yeah. the DeGrom psychopath, DeGrom over here being an alien and everything, but Tommy Pham has just been, just been unbelievable. He's a guy that you're not going to sucker pitch on anything. And he's been able to, to pick it up on base over 400, uh, in the month of June, it was 380 in the month of April, May uh, last month. And yeah, he's just been an absolute beast. But also, like you mentioned, uh, Myers and Hosmer. And it's not just simple struggles either. So it's not just like a, ah, oh, yeah, he's not batting. Well, it, Tommy Pham, yeah, all the hard hit stuff is up there. Walk rate is good. Plate discipline is just not 
resulting hits yet. With Will Myers and Eric Hosmer, the biggest thing about Myers is that he cannot hit anything off speed whatsoever. And then with Eric Hosmer, every single thing is going on the ground right now. So it's more than just struggling. It's also that there's some scary developments, um, underlying stats that are supporting the bad struggles. And I guess some people would say that that's what should have been expected is that these guys had very uncharacteristically good seasons last year. I'm not just saying they bad. Well, I'm saying that Myers didn't just hit fastballs. He hit everything, breaking balls, off speed, sliders, cutters. He was reaching out over the plate and getting base hits. His slugging was over 600 last season. And Eric Hosmer launch angle was through the roof. It was like two every single year. And then last year it was like 8.1 or something like that. Um, so that seems to have come back down to earth. So uh, that's basically been the result and why the Padres haven't uh, been as electric of an offense. But thankfully, thanks to guys like Pham, Grisham, and Tatis, it's been awesome. And Tommy Pham, fine, or not Tommy Pham, Manny Machado, looks like he's back to being Manny Machado. He's been absolutely on fire um, basically for the last like 10 games or so. So it finally looks like he's back too. So uh, hopefully they can keep it going against the Dodgers because I know that the team itself uh, really likes to play you guys. So that's going to yeah. be fun to watch. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Guys, the best protein bars on the planet, they are the Built Bars, of course, guys. Thanks to their great variety of flavors, from cherry to peanut butter brownie to salted caramel to coconut to birthday cake to all sorts of flavors. They've got limited time flavors that they release every now and then. Such a great variety of flavors, guys. That's my favorite thing about them. And, of course, they're protein bars, which means they are healthy for you. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. So all the variety of flavors, and it's healthy for you, covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. What is not to like, guys? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, if anything, I mean, they, they had a they won the last series, right? They won this last series over the weekend. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, but before Reds. that, obviously, swept, yeah, swept, after, swept the Rockies before that. So it's Good that they're coming in momentum. Dodgers coming in with momentum, and uh, you know now we can get into the individual matchups. That's where they all have. Actually, one more question: oh, What's your it. thoughts on the home run chain? The home run what chain? The ch- oh the swag chain. Yeah, swag. Yeah, oh, I, I love it. <laughs> I am all for. I don't know if you remember. I think it was the Marlins from a few years ago. They had the little bubble machine. I yeah, think the, the, well, then, the Dodgers had bubble machine, but that was like. 2013, 2014. 2013, 2014. Okay. Yeah. And then but I, I remember think the, the Marlins league. probably had it too. Yeah. The Dodgers had to stop it in playoffs. Yeah. And then the league like cut down on that. Yeah. I was like, all right. I mean, is it breaking some, pro- is it some illegal sponsor? Yeah. Like I was just like, is it a little dumb? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like all these things are a little dumb. The Red Sox <laughs> right now are doing the wheelbarrow thing. Yeah, where yeah, Whenever yeah. someone hits a home run, they go, oh, I'm all for it. Let's do it. Is it every now and then where it's like, all right, Padres, could you like, <laughs> Maybe every now and then um, stop with it. Uh, Yeah, I get it to a degree. Maybe not everyone has to be swag chained for every single home run. But then again, I don't care because they seem to super enjoy it. You see them in the dugout. Even Blake Snell's corny butt is getting in on the dancing too. Actually, Blake Snell isn't that corny, honestly. I think Joe Musgrove's a little cornier, but in in the best way. He's a cornball. I I love Joe Musgrove. Um, But yeah, I'm all for that stuff. I think the swag chain is fun. I love that it spins too. Uh, Apparently, Manny Machado was the the person behind this. Um, uh, uh, The alleged uh, terrible clubhouse guy. Uh, Manny Machado, by the way. Um, he, yeah, I, I love the swag chain. I think every team should have something like this. I know teams like the Yankees 
will never because the Yankees are devoid of any personality and hate everything really you yeah. can't even have facial well, they're not hitting home runs anyway so yeah so they're not doing anything i guess <laughs> they have aaron judge and that's it but uh yeah i'm totally for the swag chain bubble machine wheelbarrow whatever uh just as long as it's creative too they could be yeah. a thing where you get in the dugout and then they do a hopscotch thing i don't care you know what i mean like as long as it's something i think baseball desperately needs all types of that stuff even when it's dumb even when you're like, guys, this is cheesy. Who cares? At this point, just throw stuff and hope that the funny stuff becomes like a meme on the internet. That's really what you got to hope for. If you got grown men acting like kids, you know, for the most part, I'm going to be cool with that. And yeah, yeah I, I agree with, you know, swag chain. It looks cool. Uh, you know, like I said, the Dodgers have become a little more business-like in recent years. And I think this year they're kind of getting back to, you know, they have a bunch of the different little hand gestures and stuff like that. They don't have a dead mm-hmm. designated home run thing yet, but, uh, yeah, it's 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 baseball more fun when everyone else having fun. Yeah, absolutely. A bouncy ball. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could yeah. just oh, like it would be tough looking and I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Um, but in terms of now, let's just go through the matchups really quickly, yeah. the pitching matchups. We did talk about how it's it's a good pitching series. It's probably always gonna be a good pitching series between these two, uh, barring any uh, injuries and whatnot. Um, so for the first game, uh, so the day of when everybody's gonna hear this or maybe not necessarily, but because uh, we have been talking for a de- uh, decent amount. But for game one, it is you Darvish versus Julio. Is it Urias or Arias? Well, technically, or Urias. Urias? Okay. Yeah. okay. Oh, I see the thing now. Okay, yeah, I yeah. didn't see that before. Okay, uh, that's the first matchup. Another that, another pitcher. Um, I think you could argue Bauer to a degree has been underrated, but Julio has been good. Uh, 3.54, 90 Ks to 13 walks. Really solid stuff, especially when he's not even your number one pitcher. Uh, that's what's crazy. Um, and against Darvish, who, of course, has been uh, really phenomenal for the team uh, this year, even if has occasional weird kind of spouts and has been good against the Dodgers, too. Uh, very good start. Uh, the first Kurt, the two, I think it was Kershaw Darvish for both of the series. And yeah. those were just brilliant pitching jumps by both. Kershaw got the edge on the first one and Darvish the second. Um Second game is Kershaw versus Blake Snell. Uh, yeah, Blake Snell, clearly the better pitcher here now. Um, so <laughs> Kershaw, despite having a little bit of struggles, still great K rate, 3.36 ERA. Like, come on. It, it doesn't. Yes, he's not invincible anymore, but he's still very, very good. He's a very quality pitcher. And then Blake Snell, I mean, oh, yeah. Um, hmm. How do I how do I phrase this? I mean, he's been decent <laughs> against the Dodgers, at least. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's true. Thank you. See, this is good. This is why I, I, I got to have you more on the show instead of Jeff who just attacks and attacks nonstop. Although, I mean, you didn't even do it. I think the one interaction we'd have pre-recording this was, I think oh, I quote yeah. tweeted I your the Dodger, thing. Yeah, the Dodger yeah. got on you. <laughs> and I still think I was right to a degree. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. It was whatever. And I got mentions the whole day. It was wild. Um, but that was fun. Uh, Blake Snell, 5.72 ERA. Hopefully he can pick it up. This isn't the type of team you're supposed to pick it up against. But uh, it's an advantage Dodgers for the second game. It's it's less likely. But then again, you know how baseball is. The The, the Dodgers could win. Every, every game except for the Blake Snell star, because that's just yeah. how, you know, this sport works sometimes. And then for the third game, we've got Trevor Bauer against Joe Musgrove. Uh, another even one, I think, uh, for sure. Musgrove this year, despite his record, which, again, wins don't really aren't indicative of how good a pitcher is. He's four and six on the year, which is weird. Uh, but whip of 0.85. He is not really walking anybody and he can ramp up the K's when you least expect it. Sometimes. I mean, he had like 15 against the Brewers a few weeks ago. Uh, he was awesome. And what I like about him is yes, 
he does have those moments with him, Vince, where his curveball will hang up in there and your Max Muncy's, your Zach McKinstry's, I don't care who, we'll just take that deep, right? Like, absolutely, it'll hang up in there. But the fact that it's not just the curveball usage, it's also the cutter and a little bit of sliders. Uh, Joe Musgrove has been awesome. And we already talked about Trevor Bauer, and honestly, he's talked about enough, so we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, man, I think that this is going to be a really fun series. Um only thing I'd be curious about is just since it is the third time, it is a month removed from the last time, are the Sparks going to still be there? I don't know, but I hope that they are. And I think that right now for baseball, this is what they need is to have their next kind of Yankees Red Sox-esque rivalry because the first time, man, I mean, every single pitch, every second, there was so many moments, so many memes. It was just phenomenal. You have the Tranquilo uh, with with Bauer and Tatis, that picture that went viral. And Tatis doesn't even tweet. And then it still was really funny. Like, he barely is on social media. He is definitely not the Trevor Bauer of um, of Twitter. But, uh, yeah, Vince, any last kind of uh, thoughts on this series? And um, also, I got to mention, yeah, uh, Jeff, just send my my regards, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) No, man. I mean, like you touched on it, the pitch matchups are incredible. And I'm interested to see, you know, like after the month, the Dodgers are – in a little more upward trend than they were the last time they played Padres are probably slightly upward, but you know, just based on what they've played in the last like couple of weeks, mm-hmm. it will probably a little bit more down. So, you know, they're, you know, they're going to get up for it. You know, the Dodgers, I mean, I feel like coming into this season, I feel like the biggest thing for the Dodgers was I wasn't scared of a world series hangover because they only played 60 games last year. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it was a different grind. The postseason was a grind for sure, but it's, it wasn't 180 games of grinding. It was just, you know, 80 games of grinding. So, but I wanted, I was glad what the Padres did because, you know, the, the Padres got into the Dodgers skin a little bit. I think last September when they were only one game back, Grisham hit the home run off Kershaw and, you know, the little chirping back and forth, mm-hmm. Dodgers ended up taking that series and ended up, you know, being the better team by five games over the course of that last month. So I think that kind of sparked them. I think the Padres being good this year, making the moves that they made, uh, not necessarily any like bad comments, but, you know, Snell was excited to face the Dodgers again. And he just, you know, general, general talk. And the Padres got a lot of the hype. I'm sure the Dodgers weren't big fans of that. So I think <laughs> for them to be able to get up for series like this is what's going to keep them going throughout this whole season. So I'm excited mm-hmm. for that. Like I said, I'm excited. I'll be at Petco on Wednesday. So I'm excited to see nice. what the, what the, atmosphere is like because last yeah. time i went it was on a weekend like i mentioned and mm-hmm. this time is during the week might be you know a little bit different crowd and full capacity so yeah, you know, it, yeah it's 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 a whole different ballgame than it was last time last time it was pretty crazy it was only like 30 percent. so i'm excited to see all that stuff and you know see see where these teams are at and see how they match up and hopefully the dodgers can you know get back on top and then it'll be even and they got a few more games the rest of the year to kind of work that way out yeah, absolutely, man. And, and, and look, the San, it was San Diego's opening day, the first full capacity. It was the Reds game with the uh, Victor Caratini walk-off, which was so much fun after being down. They were up by two, then they were down by two, and then Caratini comes back, as well as Hosmer, which makes this whole podcast, I feel like, <laughs> uh, come for a circle. And also, look up. I, I know this is the Padres fan in me, but someone took a photo of Musgrove watching the fireworks that's, like, the most gorgeous photo I've ever seen. I, I don't know, like, from that opening night – it's like, I might have to like DM, DM this to you afterwards. But yeah. anyway, uh, Vince, do you have any final things you want to plug or tease for your upcoming podcast? If guys want to, you know, tune into that, any Padres fans? Yeah, maybe they want to tune into the I know I do because I want to learn and you guys are really good at it. So, yeah, like I said, uh, you know, we're locked on Dodgers. We're here every weekday morning, just like Javi is. And, uh, you know, if you want to hear on the other side, come ahead. 
we do, you know, our Spotify green rooms once a week. So, you know, there's always, we had a couple of Padre fans hop on a couple of weeks ago and, uh, you know, let their, their feelings be heard about certain <laughs> things. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm at, I'm at Vince Ampere on Twitter. I'm always down to interact to a certain extent, but, uh, you know, not as much as Jeff, you want to argue with somebody, go follow Jeff at Snide Dog <laughs> and you know, he'll, he'll embrace the arguments. Yeah. Uh, I'll just kind of sit back and chill a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Vince is, it really is good cop, bad cop. A hundred percent. It's just exactly like that. Like when I quote tweeted you, he's the one that came back after me, not you. Like you just like, kind of were like, ah, damn. Hey, I like, just, leave stuff. I, I just tweet and leave it. And you know, let the world sit and let it happen. Absolutely, man. A great combination for sure. Everybody check out that podcast. I definitely try to tune in every now and then to see what's going on with the rivals. Uh, but Jeff, this has been a blast and I can't wait for the next matchup. Yeah, man, I'm excited. And zip, zap, doo da bango, everybody. That about does it for my conversation with Vince Sempier of Locked On Dodgers. Very much hope that you enjoyed it. And before we wrap things up, guys, let me just tell you today on the Locked On Today podcast, what do the Philadelphia 76ers do? With Mr. Scared Straight, not even Scared Straight, Scared, just Scared, uh, Ben Simmons. What do they do with him? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Lockdown Today podcast in less than 20 minutes. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast. Peter Bukowski does a great job with that one, so be sure to check it out. And in terms of the future of this pod, guys, tomorrow going to be talking about some all-star stuff. That's right, going to be recapping the game, but then also talking about Padres players that I think deserve to be in the All-Star game, and then the official ballot of yours truly. Because tomorrow is actually the last day, I didn't realize, it's the last day to actually fill out your ballot. So that's what I'm going to be doing, filling out my All-Star ballot. And I actually, I consider myself a merciful ruler, so I'm a little bit of objective, uh, objective about these things. I'm not just going to vote all Padres, I do that on my burner account. But, you know, we're going to talk about all that stuff, guys, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And then later in the week, going to be talking with Arm Layton, host of Lockdown Marlins, host of Lockdown OB Prospects, and the founder of Just Baseball, about... You know, Just Baseball, the new site that's launching that I'm going to be contributing to. You guys should check out my pieces right now uh, that are up. They're really cool. Uh, I'll link the site in the description, and there's all sorts of cool stuff on there. And we're also, because it is a Padres podcast after all, talking about Mackenzie Gore, Luis Campizano, and he has a take on A.J. Preller. That's right, Arm has a take on A.J. Preller, and he has a take on underrated prospects that Padres fans should be keeping an eye on. Aside from just the Luis Campizanos, Mackenzie Gore, and C.J. Abrams of the world, right? So that's going to be a lot of fun. You guys are definitely going to enjoy it. Trust me, we recorded it already. Uh, talked a whole lot. Got super nerdy. It's awesome. Always love talking to RM. Um, and last thing, and look, I'm recording this real late. Remember, guys, I'm on the East Coast. It is currently like 3 o'clock for me right now. I'm very, very tired. Uh, forgot to mention that you Darvish made history. What is wrong with me? I'm so sorry, guys. You Darvish is the first player in MLB history to reach 1,500 strikeouts in fewer than 200 games. Look, there's a lot of baseball stats that become mumbo-jumbo and whatnot, but, man, I I mean, seriously, like, that's, it's kind of crazy to think, you know, that he's, that he really hasn't even pitched all that much. That's crazy to think about, guys. It really, really is. Uh, But with that final note, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcasts app. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.